Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. It's all Jesus does, just kneeling down and praying. Well, yeah. Why? Because he said that he doesn't do anything on his own initiative, that he only does what the Father tells him. And so that's what we need to do is to create that discipline. Welcome to High Point with Ron Zappi of High Point Church in the western suburbs of Chicago. We've been talking about prayer this week, and Ron, in some religions and even in some Christian traditions, you know, there are certain times people are supposed to pray, maybe a time of a day or special events, circumstances, or a certain way they're supposed to pray. Help us out. Is that really a biblical approach to prayer? Well, great question, Steve, because that's actually what we're getting into today. I mean, when should we pray? How should we pray? And how can we pray more effectively? And here's a spoiler alert. Catch this. Hold on. The time of day is not the most important thing. I can hardly wait to get into this message so we can learn how to pray like Jesus did. All right. Well, let's get right to it. The message is called When to Pray. Here's Pastor Ron. I grew up, I don't know if you're like me, I grew up in a church that was, um, it, it was a lot different than this church. Like, a lot different. So for one thing, just one of the difference, we didn't meet in a old um, office building. I mean, you know, it was like it looked a lot different. The people, I see some people nodding their heads. I'm like, I, I don't know how many people did meet in a church that was an old office building. I, I don't know. You're like, yeah, it did. It, we certainly didn't have the nice comfy chairs that you're relaxing in right at this moment. The guy standing up and delivering the message and kind of leading the service, he certainly didn't dress like this. As a matter of fact, the people out there in the audience didn't dress like you guys dress either. But it was just a lot different. And the church I grew up in, it was one of these things where, and I went every week as a little kid, and it was like you had to do this. It was like you stood, then you sat, then you kneeled, then you stood, then you sat, then you kneeled, then you stood. And so you didn't always get that pattern right. You kind of looked a little, you were kneeling when you were supposed to be standing. It just wasn't good. Anybody been in that situation? But there was always one point in the service. Every time I ever went to church with my father, I could, I mean, I could point to it. I could predict when it was going to happen. There was a time in the service where he would put, it was like there was um, a pew in front of him, and, and he would be kneeling down, and he would move his hands, and he would, he would, he would give one of these and put his hand on his forehead like this. And, and I, just, I was just like, well, what, what, you know, what's going on? It was like I could tell he was getting ready to do that. And obviously, he, he was praying. But, but I didn't know what he was praying for. I, I didn't really, I, I didn't quite get it. But as a kid, guess what I did at that point in the service? But then I go like this. And, and I, I, didn't, I just didn't know what he was doing. And as I stand up here today, I just want to say this. My dad taught me more things than I could possibly tell you. I'm so thankful for him, and I miss him dearly. But what he didn't teach me was how to pray. And so that's the backdrop of this series. If this is the first time you're here, this series is called The Prayers of Jesus, and I, I don't know who taught you, but what we've been doing is we've been examining the scriptures and looking at the instances where Jesus prayed. 
so that we can learn to pray like him. And I didn't have a backdrop. This series, I want you to understand this. Many have been asking questions. This series is one that I, this is something that is a result of a study a long time ago for me that I examined the gospels to learn how to pray. And these scriptures encouraged me and I want them to encourage you. So go ahead, we're going to pick up where we left off last week and go ahead under this heading, we're going to talk about when to pray. And so turn in your Bibles, if you've got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to pick up in the same spot we moved systematically last week through the scriptures. So we're going to look at some more instances when we are to pray. And we're going to cover uh, Luke, and we're going to cover John. So everybody uh, good with getting busy and going to work? Are you, are you good for that? So look with me at Luke chapter 10, because what's happening is, and again, we're identifying instances to pray. Jesus is doing this. He's sending out 72 people. It says this in verse 1. After this, the Lord, it's referring to Jesus, appeared, or appointed, excuse me, 72 others and sent them out ahead of him. How did he send them out? Did you, are you looking at the scriptures? How did he do it? Two by two. So it's like they went out to encourage each other to do what? To do ministry. Good idea for you. You're going out to do some ministry. Take somebody else. Just go with someone else. Ministry, ministry can be difficult. And he says this. He said they went into every town and every place where he himself was about to go. And, but this is what he did. He said to them, before they took off, he said this, the harvest is plentiful. And this is a very um, familiar verse for many. It says, but what? The laborers are? There are few. So there's not many people that are willing to do the work of ministry. Like God's preparing. He's like, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers, it's just, there's just not as many people as we need. And so he's like, I got 72 of my disciples here, and I'm sending them out to go to work for me. And I find it interesting that the first thing he does is he tells them, he says, you got to do something. He says, I'm praying, and you got to pray for more people to do the work of ministry. And that's what he says next. He says, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he's like, you guys are going out to the work to the ministry. I tell you what, the best thing you got to do is you got to pray for more people like you because there's a lot to do. We're certainly experiencing that in this work, in this local body. But then this is what happens is I'm going to skip ahead. I won't read all of it, but maybe you can check out Luke chapter 10 this week. And so these guys, look up here for a moment. These guys do this. They go out and they get some wins, man. Like the ministry they're doing is just like unbelievable. Like they're healing people and they're, doing, they're spreading the word. People are just, it's crazy what's happening. So they come back to Jesus and I can imagine the picture and the scene. It's like they're fist bumping and I can imagine, you know, Peter and some of the guys like doing a chest bump and like they're selling, they're going crazy. Like you can't believe what we did, man. Like we're healing people and all this stuff is going down and the blind can see, man. And, and then the first thing that Jesus does, I don't know if he fist bumped or not, it says he did this. Look with me at verse 21. It says, in the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Interesting phrase there. Go ahead and underline in the Holy Spirit because that's true rejoicing. I don't have a lot. I, I can't develop that much. I don't have the time, but that is pretty intriguing that he was rejoicing in the Spirit of God. And he said this, so here it is. 
He said, I thank you, Father. So what's he doing? He's praying. Here it is. And sometimes we miss it. He, he's just like, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about the wise people. He's talking about those who are what? Those who are proud. And he says, but you've revealed them to the little children. He's not saying, he's not necessarily talking about the age of the people. He's talking about the humble at heart. You've revealed these things to them. So what's Jesus doing? The 72 comes back. The first thing that he's going to do is he's going to pray. He's giving thanks for all that happened, and he's praying. So flash it up on the screen if it's not there already. Pray when you want to give thanks. Jesus is thanking God for the ministry that went forth. He's praying for those that went out. He goes on to say here, he says, Father, for such is your gracious will. All things, here's some Jesus' sovereignty verses. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal. He's talking about the sovereignty of Almighty God. Then turning to his disciples, he said this privately. So I imagine he gathers his group of 12 out of the 72, and he says, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings, they desired to see what you see, and they did not see it. They desired to hear what you hear, and they did not hear it. You know what that means, friends? As a follower of Christ, I'm telling you, get ready, look up here for a moment. You're special. You don't, you don't think it's, I'm not, you know, I'm just walking around, as, you know, I'm walking around this earth, and I got my job, and I got this, and I got the family stuff going on, I got all this going on, I got a couple graduation parties I got to get to. You're special. As a follower of Christ, a minister of the gospel, yes, I'm telling you, you are special. Not everybody understands, not everybody sees, not everybody gets what you get. And when we want to give thanks, we need to pray. The next thing, go ahead and turn in your Bibles, please. Check out um, Luke. Let's keep moving and check out Luke 22. So we're going to kind of move forward through some chapters. And again, this is a pretty comprehensive study of all the time Jesus has prayed in the Gospels. That's what we've been doing the last two weeks. Now, we haven't looked at every single time, but we've looked at many of the times that he is praying. And I want to say this. We're not only to pray when we want to give thanks, but we want to pray when you encounter opposition. And look with me at Luke 22, verse 19. And what's happening here is Jesus is in the midst of that night, the night he's about to be betrayed. And I just want to jump into verse 19 because again, here's a time where Jesus is praying. It says, and he took bread, and when he had given thanks, there it is, he's praying, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten. And he said this, this cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. And that's the new covenant that does what? That provides us standing before God, that our sins can be forgiven. listening to High Point with Ron Zappia and a message called When to Pray. To request the complete unedited sermon, call 844-HP-RADIO. Of course, you can head online to highpointministries.com. Pastor Ron Zappia continues with more Bible teaching in just a moment. Hey, this is Ron Zappia, pastor and teacher on High Point. 
Every day we're calling men and women to elevate their faith through a fresh encounter with God. We take time to focus our thoughts, arrange our priorities, and encounter God in the midst of our day. Together, we explore God's word, we gain practical insights to guide our daily living. When we do this, we experience a new high point in our faith. Listen, we want you to draw closer to God through his word, get to know him better, and elevate your faith. We get real with what God says about topics like family and marriage, friendships, and living for Christ. On High Point, we're here to encourage you with God's word and provide you an encounter with Jesus. It's a lifelong journey, and I'd love to have you join me. So listen right here every Monday through Friday for High Point. For more Bible teaching resources from Pastor Ron Zappia, head online to www.highpointministries.com. That's highpointministries.com. This is High Point with Pastor Ron Zappia, and you can access all of Ron's entire sermon archive. When you head online to highpointministries.com, you're going to find sermons and additional Bible teaching resources for free at highpointministries.com. There you're going to find our current series called The Prayers of Jesus. We're getting back into it right now with Pastor Ron's inspiring close for today's message. But what's going on that night, and I think many of us, we know the story But look at verse 31 because Jesus is going to pray or has been praying for one of his disciples specifically. And look at verse 31. It says, Simon, Simon, and we know him better as Peter. Jesus is praying for him and he says, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Isn't that interesting? So Satan wants to do what? He wants to separate Peter from the rest of the group. He wants to lead him over into what? Into a bad place. But look at verse 32. What does it say? Jesus did what? He says, but I have prayed for you that what? What is he praying for Peter? That your faith isn't going to fail. So so look up here for a moment. What's happening here is Jesus is praying specifically for Peter that in the time of difficulty that his faith is not going to fail, that he's going to do what? That he's going to be able to encounter the opposition, that he's going to be able to stand strong, that he's going to be able to stand up and face it. Does Peter get it? Look at verse 33. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to to go with you, both to prison and and to death. I I don't think he gets it. Look what Jesus says. Jesus says to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny deny me three times that you know me. So Jesus is doing what? Jesus is interceding for Peter right here. He's praying specifically for him. He's praying that he would do what? That when he encounters opposition, that what's going to happen? That he's going to be able to endure. Go ahead and write this verse down. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Because you may think to yourself, well, what is Jesus doing right now for us? Well, that verse in Hebrews says that Jesus lives to make intercession. I I don't think you got that. His life. He lives. His desire, what he's fired up for, he's living to make intercession for us, the special one. He's doing what? He's praying that our faith would not fail. In a series on prayer, we're talking about praying like Jesus. Are you praying for the other people that God has placed around you, for your sons and your daughters and your husband or your wife? or your friends, or your family members, or the people in your small group, the people you hang out with? Are you praying like Jesus, that you're praying for them, that their faith would not fail in the point of temptation? You say, well, Peter's faith did fail. I I know. Look where it is. It's right here. It's right here in Luke 22. Look at verse 61. 
It says, and the Lord, Lord turned to him and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And verse 62 says, and he went out and he wept bitterly. So you're saying, well, he prayed, Jesus prayed for him, and he still failed. Well, hold on for a moment. Did he fail? I mean, this is the guy that was crucified upside down. He gave his life for Christ. He, he, said, he said to those who were tormenting and persecuting and ready to crucify him, he said, I can't be crucified like my Lord, so, so just turn that cross upside down, and that's how I'm going out. Like, he may have had, I'm telling you, man, he may have lost a battle here, but he did not lose the war of his life for doing what? For standing up in the face of opposition. You say, I've lost some battles. I don't want to lose the war. How do we not lose the war? Can I just say to us that the linchpin is that we would be praying for each other to respond in the same way? That our church would be praying collectively for each other that in the moments of difficulty that our faith would not fail. Pray when you encounter opposition. Pray that your faith will not uh, fail. Pray that for the people around us. Let's strengthen the church by how? By the scripture says in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, says, call to me and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things. That if we're faithful to get before the Lord, that he will show us great things and we will not fail. Prayer, let me say it like this. I'll quote a Christian author. Prayer, prayer is the nerve that moves the muscles of God. Like you're like, how do I access the supernatural? How can I get that going in my life? Well, prayer is the nerve that moves the mighty muscles of, of the infinite God that we would pray. Let's look at verses 41 through 44 because these are some passages. We looked at this passage in Matthew a few weeks ago. And this is where Jesus is doing what? Jesus is in the garden praying. And, and I took this apart in its entirety. So again, in this series, there's a couple prayers that Jesus prays. This is one of them where it's like a lengthy prayer. And we spent a whole message taking that apart. And so there's not a lot of his prayers that are recorded. It's more like these little bits and pieces that we see. And that's what we're covering now. But let's go back to this, and I won't spend as much time here, but Jesus is in the garden, and he's praying, and it says in verse 42, or let's skip up to 41, he says, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down, and what did he do? He prayed. It's just like, we're like, yeah, that's all he does, man. It's all Jesus does, just kneeling down and praying. Well, yeah. Why? Because he said that he doesn't do anything on his own initiative, that he only does what the Father tells him. And so that's what we need to do is to create that discipline. But let's keep going. What does he say in verse 42? Here's the prayer. He says, Father, if you are willing to remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. We've already mined down that shaft, so to speak. So I won't do it again this morning. But I want to point out to you a couple things we didn't say. The writer here in Luke, he points out a couple significant things. He says, and there appeared to him who is there? You tell me. What's the text say? An angel. So, so an angel comes. So Jesus, that's a unique detail that Luke gives. He, he's, like, he's like, an angel appears to him. And what did the angel do? You tell me. He gave him strength. So, so here we see, we not only need to pray when you encounter opposition, pray when you need help. So when you're in a time of great difficulty and stress, that you would pray for God to help you. Jesus is doing it. Why wouldn't we? 
Some of us are trying to bear the burdens on our own of what this life brings. And Jesus right here, he's, he's calling and he's praying for, for God to move. He's asking him candidly what's coming next. He's saying, if this cup could pass, would you take it? God answers the prayer by giving him an angel. Don't you think that's pretty cool? Now you say to yourself, well, Ron, are you guaranteeing that if I pray in the times of difficulty that I'm going to get an angel? I, I can't guarantee, but it could happen. And I think for us, many times, the angel is what happens inside as our heart becomes overwhelmed, as God's spirit begins to move, and he begins to do what? He begins to put some things in us and some wisdom and understanding that he moves us through the difficult time. You say, Ron, I'm still not convinced. I, I want my angel. Well, then pray like Jesus prayed. It says in verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. He was praying so hard that this is an actual medical condition that can happen. Most often, the instances that are recorded where it does happen, it's soldiers in the battlefield. And they're contemplating such a stressful situation, death and life, that, that, that their sweat begins to turn to blood. That, that's how hard Jesus was praying. That's the stressful situation that he was involved in. God promises to show up when we fall on our knees and call out to him. The secular community recognizes it. Do we recognize it? You say, well, yeah, we do. Then why aren't we doing it as often as we should? Well, it was interesting. I was doing a little research, and I found out, I found these quotes, and the, the, um, the Washington Post, not too long ago, they ran this article on prayer and the significance in the medical field. And this is a quote from the Washington Post. It says, prayer is the most common compliment to mainstream medicine, far outpacing acupuncture, vitamins, and any alternative medicine. Like that's a, sac like prayer. Like they're putting their finger on it. Like, hey, this prayer thing, I, I don't I don't know. I'm not sure if I believe in it. I'm not sure what the deal is, but I, I just got to tell you something. There's something to it. It, it worked. Recently, there was 23 studies that were performed on nearly 3,000 patients. And the majority of those studies, the people that were praying or being prayed for, that the majority of the people showed positive results. Only one study in the 23 revealed a negative approach to the person for those who were praying. I mean, here we see it. It's just like, it's like pray, man. Pray, pray when you need help. Pray when you want to do this. Pray when you want to help others. You're listening to High Point with Pastor Ron Zappia and a message from our series called The Prayers of Jesus. You can access our entire prayer study along with prior messages, resources, a ton of additional Bible teaching when you head to our website, highpointministries.com. So Ron, the answer to the question, when to pray, it's really all the time, isn't it? <laughs> it is, man, exactly. There's no right time or wrong time to pray. Prayer is an anytime activity. You can do it whenever, at all times. The more we realize how much we need God's help in our lives, I think the more convinced we are that we need to call out to Him and that we need Him. I remember when I first became a follower of Christ, and you know, prayer seemed to be easier because I just was more dependent upon God. That's the problem, I think, with us as we grow and mature. We 
become independent, in some ways, it's a good thing because we can solve problems and we can do things, but we never want to do this. We never want to shut God out of our lives, get his perspective, talk to him, share our hearts, our struggles, and our burden. Prayer is an open communication line between God and us. It's an awesome privilege to go right to the throne of grace and ask God to meet needs and the needs of others. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to God. Pray all the time, anytime, and for everything. Well, thanks, Ron. That's such a great reminder that God actually invites us in and that he wants us to talk with him, to commune with him throughout each and every moment throughout the day. You're listening to High Point with Ron Zappian. We're in a series called The Prayers of Jesus. You can help us bring more messages to the radio and the web when you give a donation today. Sign up and you can become a monthly High Point partner or do this. Make a one-time donation when you call 844-HP radio. You can also give online at highpointministries.com. And today, when you give a gift of any amount, we want to show you our thanks by sending you a classic devotional that's going to help jumpstart your day each and every morning to get into the word. It's called My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And this book has been inspiring readers for more than 75 years now. However, today's the last day to get your copy, so don't delay. Call 844-477-2346 or donate online at highpointministries.com. You can also mail a check to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. Now, before we wrap up today's program, I want to invite you to join us at High Point Church. We'd love to see you at one of our four locations in the greater Chicagoland area this weekend. For church locations and service times, head to highpointministries.com. I'm Steve Smith. Join us again next time when we'll close out our series on the prayers of Jesus Monday on High Point with Ron Zappia.